Welcome to the Beautiful Souls Podcast with your host, myself, Danielle Cadwell. I'm an Olympian author, speaker, and coach, and I'm here to dive deeper into all things mindset, manifestation, mission, and yes, some meditation. In 2013, I was an unfit, concussed, and massively self-conscious synchronized swimmer when an opportunity arrived that was well beyond my wildest dreams to begin training for the next Olympic Games. I was terrified. However, I decided to take the biggest leap of my life. I went all in, moving from Canada to Australia and dedicating my life to my sport. On this journey, I made a vow to myself. If I could do it, if I could really make my wildest dreams come true, I would spend the rest of my life sharing what I had learned to help others do the same. So beautiful souls, this podcast is where I fulfill my promise. We'll talk about everything from the energetics of manifestation and the power of self-worth to mindset cultivation and how to step up and into your soul mission. You can think of this time together as kind of like a soul spa, where together we will wash away your fears, massage you with some truth and some love, and spruce you up on the insides with some spirituality. So, are you ready to be rejuvenated from the inside out? Let's dive in. You are going to love this podcast with Yana because she's incredibly inspiring. She has an insane story. And if anyone is thinking about taking a leap in their life, you're going to want to hear this because it's a little bit of proof just for you. One of the things that we talk about as well um, is the power of, you know, just doing the work, whether that be mindset or self-worth. And if you are somebody that is ready as a woman to do the work on yourself, to increase your confidence, to have unshakable belief, to actually look in the mirror and love yourself, to have a high, high, high level of self-worth, then Reclamation is calling. Reclamation is my feminine empowerment program, which goes through this incredible process that I've taken countless women through, which we go through this process of excavating and healing to reclaim and to empower. You leave this program feeling like a badass boss, babe, with permanent change. I literally have had women that have said they've been to two years of therapy and this program in eight weeks has created more change for them. Like, isn't that insane? Anyways, we start September 7th. The link is below, but I hope you enjoy this podcast so we can dive straight in. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so excited because we have an epic guest today joining us from Australia. I want to introduce to you guys the beautiful Yana Lynn, who is a business consultant, a all-around badass medical school dropout to like business yes. success <laughs> and like mom to Frenchie dogs. Thank you for being here, Yana. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. I feel like that was such a cool intro. I'm like, yes, write that down. Anyone, like if anyone asks in the future, that's how I want to be introduced. I met you through the mastermind that I'm in. And mm -hmm. I remember when I first met you, I was like, who is this chick? And then, you know, when you like kind of like put the pieces together as you're like learning, it's, it's such an interesting thing. You're like, you follow someone on Instagram and then you, and then you like hear a little bit about their life and like about what they're doing. And it like, I, I found like for like months, I was like, who is this chick? Like, what does she yeah. do? Like, how is she so great? And then I started to hear more about your story. Um, and it's so in alignment with like what I love to like talk about and ask people about because you had a pretty crazy story because even though you are a business consultant and run multi millions of dollars in businesses now, like you had a complete life pivot a few years ago, right? Yeah. So I, I guess it wouldn't really be called like just 
pivot. It was like a complete, just like, I feel like it was a death of like an, an entire identity. It's like, like, yeah, because when I think of that moment in time, I'm like, I didn't just pivot. I don't even know, like, I went so off where I was originally going that I'm like, I don't even see where that, like, fit in. You, like, dumped timelines. You're like, I'm not, I'm, like, finishing this life and I'm choosing a different storybook, right? Yeah, literally. Like, it it seemed like in the span of just, like, three months, um, I kind of just went from... I'm studying medicine and I'm about to go into the hospitals and like do all of this. And like, I I think I was studying for my exams because it was June and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And then just like called up my admissions office and then, oh my gosh, I love your autopilot. I was like, oh my God, hi, I'm (laughs) Danielle's assistant. Um, That's so cute. But yeah, I, I just literally changed my life in three seconds and then like most people ask me, did you know like what you were going to do afterwards? And I was like, no, I spent three months having like the biggest identity crisis of my life so far. Obviously I'm, you know, not, I wouldn't say it was a midlife crisis, um, but it was definitely one where I was like, who am I? Like, oh my goodness, you know, for 20 years, you carry around this like, yeah, this belief that I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And then one day I'm like, oh, because I'm for the, for people, yeah. For people that are listening that don't know you were in med school and mm. you, that was like the path of who you thought you're going to be. And you just decided to drop out and quit. And like, mm-hmm. it was quite controversial for like you and your family and everything. How yeah. far were you into med school at that point? So, um, I was in like the first year of like the, postgrad and then in your second year you're meant to like go into like the rotations and whatnot and then the third year is pretty much just all like prac and like you just go on site um and I had always thought that I would try and hold out until like I did prac because I knew going in I was like oh I don't like this theory work I just want to be out in the field helping people in like in the hospital and I kept trying to hold out but no like it was like six months out I was like I'm not I cannot do this for one second longer how did you know like that it wasn't right for you so this is the thing like most people ask me did your did your parents force you into med school and I was like no not in the sense where they're like in the traditional sense where you know you think of Asian parents and they're like it's either a lawyer or a doctor but it was always expected of me growing up that whatever field I got into that I would be like the best you know like that was Mm -hmm. like like whatever you do just be really really good at it um which is really funny because then in life they would tell me not to stick out and not to like do anything extraordinary which is kind of like yeah Mm -hmm. you know Um, But I did hear a story growing up about my mom who, like, she said one of her biggest life regrets was missing out on med school because her family couldn't afford to send her to med school. And I think I was, like, five or six at the time. And hearing that, of course, little Yana was like, well, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a doctor. And then that will make my mom happy. Um, And then I think it was through covid I first got a glimpse into like how much I had numbed out like how I would say genuinely depressed I was about life because 
I didn't really have many friends. At the time, I had just gotten out of like quite an abusive relationship. So I didn't have many friends. I didn't really know what I liked to do because I kind of jumped straight from high school into that like abusive relationship. And it was yeah. like, like it was just wild. Um, so I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But then like I thought that I would always be happy because at least I'm studying med, right? Like yeah. then I think it was two months into the like the lockdowns and I was like, I am not happy at all, but I kept thinking I'm already this far in. I may as well stick it out. I'm just like a few years away, like a year away from um, actually doing what I want to do and and all of these things. And and then one day, I like the moment, I can't even put, I'm sure there were a lot of tiny moments that like accumulated and, and built up to this point of me going like, no, nope, I'm done. But it was the day where I remember like Caleb he went out with his family and like we normally get bubble tea it's like a daily ritual that like we still do to this day but back then it was just like the simple things in life and I remember that day he asked me do you want to come get bubble tea and like bless him he was just checking in on me and I got so mad at him I was like how could you ask me if I want to get bubble tea you know how stressed I am for exams and and like obviously you know in the moment I was like quite angry because I was like, how could he ask me that? Like, is he like, he knows I, I have to study and like made it all about myself, obviously, which was like, he he's just trying to antagonize me and all of that. This is before I knew anything about the personal development world, mind mm. you. Well, I did know Tony Robbins. I've been to one of his things where like, the thing that stuck in my mind always from that one event is like, he said something about three seconds of courage. Mm. But anyway, so he left and then I had a moment like a, like I was just simmering down and then I had a moment where I was like, that was so silly. Like why like why did I go off at him? And then I was like, oh. And then it clicked in my head. I was like, I'm so unhappy doing what I'm doing that I'm like, that, that was like an outlet for me to do that. And then I, like in that moment, um, the room I was in had a bunk bed and I went and like sat on the bottom bunk and was like, I feel like I have to do this. Like I have to call them up and then to I did. Quit, I just, to quit, to quit, yeah. to drop out of university. <gasps> yeah. That's, that's cool. And you just did it like within like a 10 minute decision? Yeah. I was like, well, in my mind, I was like, should I tell my dad? And I was like, no. I'm had, it. Had, it, had it come into your mind though previously? Had you like played with the idea of it? Oh my gosh. I used to fantasize about like getting like a really... <laughs> really like snazzy job offer that I'll be able to find online that would like allow me to just like stay at home and like like as in work from home and like do all of these things um and then I would like really dramatically walk into like my med school like first thing Monday morning the 6 a no 7 a.m lecture and then be like I quit obviously it doesn't work like that but I used to fantasize about moments like that and I used to just think like oh this is just normal people hate their jobs people like don't like studying and and like when you're surrounded by other people who like who are future doctors who are also sharing a similar sentiment where it's like, oh, I hate this studying. I hate this. You like kind of get wrapped up in it and I'm not using it as an excuse, but your environment is a big thing. And, and it's like when you're surrounded by people who normalize, I hate this. I don't like this. We're just going to like kind of tough it out kind of mm. thing. Like it, it can become 
such a big like weight on top of what you're already feeling Mm. you know what I mean yeah yeah it's like that that is normalized even like when I was training one of the things that I always like hated it was like when my teammates would complain because it's like oh we have to like do this today. i was like and one of the things for me it was, but but i loved what i was doing so there's it's like very yeah. different sides of the coin but it, i was like if we if you're if you're choosing to be here like get it done like don't complain about yeah. it because like it's or, or leave do you know what i mean because there's yeah. no like complaining isn't gonna help but it's so interesting when people normalize those negative environments because it really draws you down and it really mm. like it's it's like those are the spaces that you don't really want to be in, but you left, right? So <laughs> Yeah. So tell me about that moment. I want to hear about the moment of like you decide to leave and then what happened? Oh, so I decided to leave. I called them up and I was like, okay, I just have to have like three seconds of courage. And I was like, mm. let's see if this works. And like, and I dialed them up and my intention, I was just like, I was just, I just like squeaked out. I was like, hey, I want to drop out of med school because I don't like it. Um, And I was like, it was thinking back, the admissions officer was probably like, what the heck? Where is this coming from? She's never cut because um, we get paired with someone who like takes care of our cohort who like you're supposed to go to if you have any troubles with like mm. submitting assessments or a- any like mental health stuff. She's kind of like that person who knows other people kind of yeah um and she was like I've never like talked to you like and and so she was like talk to me like and obviously I used up all of my courage um from like from just dialing and and, like having being like I want to quit that she somehow I can't I don't even know how but somehow convinced me to take a gap year instead she was like how about we just put you down for a gap year and then I'll like, and then we touch base again in about a year and we come back to this decision. I was like, okay. And, and to be fair at the time, it was like, that was my way out. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I don't think I can ask to quit again. So I'll just take the gap year. And then, um, and then I called up like a few months later, I was like, no, I want to finalize this. Like <laughs> a few months into my gap year, um, yeah. I want to finalize this, this leave kind yeah. of thing. That's probably what gave you the courage though, because it's like, it was almost like your baby step into it where you're like, okay, well maybe I won't say that we're doing, I'm doing this big thing yet, but I'll just like do the little one. And then, and then you can like find another three seconds right, in the future. So Mm -hmm. did you have any plan when the sequit? No, I, I was like, what am I going to do? Because mind you, I, I worked three jobs in high school, but there were like, kind of like, I was at a like this local cafe and like and my um my parents also owned a business and at KFC so I was juggling like three different jobs but that all stopped when I was 17 and so in my head I was like on my resume I just have like jobs leading up to like the age of 17 and then nothing because when I went into med school I started running my own business like sort of like high school tutoring business on the yeah. side and so I had nothing for like just a huge gap in my resume. And obviously when you look online, like you you start to follow forums because I was like, maybe I should get a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. You start to see people in the forums talking about how like, yeah, they don't like it if you have like gaps in your like resume, if like if you can't explain this. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, honestly, I don't think, I think not having a plan 
was the best thing that could have happened to me because. Because do you think if you had a plan, you would have spooked yourself out of it? Spook myself out of leaving? Like, do you think it's better that you had a plan? You had no plan or would it have been easier if you had a plan? I think honestly, like, I, it's good that I didn't have a plan. Looking back now, if I knew I was going to make a decision, I'd be like, okay, I'm going put, to put in some sort of plan for like for a little bit because um, I spent probably two, the first two months just sleeping because mm-hmm. I, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I'd wake up um, and at the time Caleb like was wor- working. So he, w- he used to PT in person. So I would like, we would wake up, he would go to the, gym where he was working and I wouldn't see him for that day um and then I'd see him in the afternoon so like what I would do is I'll just sleep in between because I'm like well I have nothing to do and then like I'd wait for him to get home we'd go to the gym and that was like my entire day sleep Mm. wake up sleep you were probably your body was probably like recovering and healing though from like the trauma of med school though I feel like it definitely was shedding like something because mm-hmm. I was just like, like, you know, when just exhaustion hits you, like, it's not just like tired, but you're just mm-hmm. like exhausted. And that was me for two months. I was like, I need to like, mm, you know, I, our body is so intelligent. And I think like when we have moments when we need that, like what's one of the things that I've learned, it's like your body was probably like, okay, we don't know the next step, but the next step is like, we need to make sure we recover. So then Yana has mm-hmm. the energy to figure it out. And so like, I think that's, I'm glad that you shared that because I think that some people, especially like, like you have achieved so much in the past few years, but you also like the beginning of your race was two months of sleeping, right? Yeah. Like that's exactly yeah. what you needed and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I love that you shared as well that you didn't have a plan because I think some people get into this illusion that they need to have this like 25 step perfect plan before they make a decision. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And sometimes like you could create, you could spend so long taking, making the plan that you don't actually end up doing it. And if you end up doing it, it usually changes and it's better to just like make the decision and listen to your gut feeling and then go because you will always figure it out. Mm. Yeah. I think that's like, that's the sentiment, right? If I can plan it, it'll go exactly to how like I've planned it and, and I'm going to be fine. But it's like it actually doesn't account for like the humanness in it at all. Like I think I I don't know how I could have planned for, okay, now I'm going to rest for two months because I would never have known that that's what my body needed. Mm. And then it's almost like this sounds so dramatic, but it's like when you have your back against the wall, your body just naturally will tell you when it's like you like there's nothing coming from your head to be like you should be doing this next because I was like I have no idea what I'm doing next so my body was like all right sleep we're gonna sleep yeah yeah Yeah. and then after two months of sleeping like what happened uh well so I had a chat like I think the day that I did it I I called my dad and was like I'm just I'm not taking the exams this time because I didn't tell him yet that I had like taken a gap year. Um, uh, But then like a week later, I called him up again and I was like, I like, I'm thinking about 
dropping out of med school um and he was like oh like why and was like asking me all of these questions and I was like I'm stressed and like I don't like it anymore and I was burnt out burnt out I, I don't really know if I was burnt out but I just like it's like that um dissonance between like what you like what you know to be wrong in your yeah. heart like for yeah. you and like actually living that so it was like very like jarring I guess yeah um and I remember him saying like okay what about you take a gap year instead mm. go live your life and I was like well <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm doing yeah but, but then I was like no yeah that's a good idea because I had no like I was so scared of what my dad would think because like obviously when I got into med school um he bought me a car like well there's a whole story to that but he basically gifted me a car and like I suddenly became this thing as like oh my daughter's like the first doctor in the family and nah, nah, nah. and like it, it became like every time I would meet one of my dad's friends or like go hang out with like family friends they would say like your dad always brags about you and like you've become like you know this thing that he, he's always talking about my daughter the like doctor and I'm like oh my gosh no mm-hmm. um but then I think it was like around that two month mark we went home to have dinner with my parents and like this this moment was so weird because he clearly knew I had taken a break but then he like my when I was talking to my dad in the kitchen he asked me like how are exams going and I was like but we had a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But I think I knew where he was going. It's like, you know, when you know your parents so well, it's like they want to bring up something so that they can talk about something else. So the the conversation turned into like, so what are you going to do with your year like that you're off? Like, are you going to go do this? And then like, when do you plan on going back? I think you should go back in January kind of thing. And this was like in... September and I was like I don't want to go back in January like I like I want to quit um but we had a chat and it it turned into like very like a very big point of friction between the two of us like my decision to do that and even to this day or like actually up until probably about last year October he would still always ask me like oh, are you planning on going back and doing your exams? Or, like, how are preparations for exams going? So I, I think he, like, didn't accept it until, like, yeah. last year when, like, I was, like, I'm I'm running a few businesses because he had no idea what I was doing. To him, I was just, like, scrolling on my phone all day, you know. Mm. Um, but the moment I feel like that I had some sort of inkling of, like, oh, maybe there's something I can do. Like I kind of just lashed onto it. And I don't know if you get this, but it's like when you lose sense of like something that you've held onto for so long and it's been such a big part of your life that like when you find just even like a little bit of, I think I enjoy this, you like become obsessed with that thing. And I feel mm-hmm. like that thing for me was um, coaching. And mm-hmm. like at the time it was health and fitness coaching, which is wild because now I'm like so far from a health and fitness coach, but- <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was your first step, though, because you that you that needed to happen, right? Yeah. And um, so what was your like, was that your bridge into entrepreneurship? Yeah, so I guess I was doing I say like I had my own business um, straight out of high school. But 
I'd actually, like when I was 14, I remember wanting to like do, like I saw drop shipping, like this drop shipping course. I remember like I was, I just started at KFC at the time and like I wanted to pay for the course to do like this drop shipping and get started with the business. We got started, but then it got shut down. I can't even remember the specifics. I think it turned out to be a scam. But anyway, so I feel like that was my first intro to entrepreneurship, but then I didn't think about internet like like making money on the internet until um yeah until I like saw an Instagram ad one day and it was like oh hey do you want to learn nutrition and become an online coach and I was like what like it was the first time I feel like I'd I I even came across like online coach and I was like Mm. what is this thing And, and that like that was from there like everything just everything started to tumble so what was your first thing that you launched like online one-on-one health and fitness coaching my first client I think paid me like $30 a week oh wow Um, and were you doing like um weight training and like nutrition like meal plans yeah yeah so at the time not meal plans because I wasn't qualified to do that but at the time I was very big in into like bodybuilding and that like I actually considered doing like a show myself and that was even a thing until like last year June I wanted to be in that world so I was very obsessed with like the weight training and like no cardio well not no cardio but it's like only cardio for like specific reasons and and very much immersed into that world of like yes, counting calories and all of that, which actually Mm. I had struggled with even just a few years prior um, with with a lot of like the whole, I guess like the body dysmorphia type of struggles and like just knowing, um, yeah, knowing that I went through that, which at the time I was still kind of like recovering, but I didn't know that I was recovering, but like I knew I was recovering because it's like I had problems with food and it always felt so weird that it was like, oh, the same problems that I'm facing, my clients are facing. Mm -hmm. And now I get it because it was like when I first got into it, I was very much like trying to save people and I was like, I don't want them to feel how I felt. And so it was very interesting to like to see that play out in real time, but as well, like looking back on it now, because I'm like, oh, I didn't even know like trauma, for example, like how, how that worked, how like, you know, energetics, for example, how what you put out is really like what you call in and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. And so did you find that you had a lot of, well, you were kind of trying to save your clients? Yes. And that doesn't always lead to the best results for anyone. (laughs) Yeah. I think I like got way too attached to like my clients in the sense that like, I was like, okay, I want to make sure I knew from the get go that like client retention and customer service was a big thing. So I always made sure to over deliver. Um, But because of, I think how, like of how they came in and how, um, I guess how I was positioned as like a, like I was like the body image and like, it wasn't eating disorder, but it was like um, eating behavior. I don't even know what title, but it was like along that line. I was like, I'm the body image and eating behavior coach. And I actually did like um, further upskilling with like um, someone who's a lead researcher in the field of like body image and like all of that. So at the time I was very heavy into that topic. And then what I realized was, these people when they came in 
they were expecting to be fixed but then because obviously I'm not a therapist by any Mm. means I could not like diagnose or like help them overcome any of that like the relationships I feel like were built on very rocky ground to begin with and like as much as I try to be like yeah let let you know, I want to be friends with my clients and all that. I, I understand that that like that part of my journey um, and those relationships just like were not kind of meant to carry on beyond that time period. Um, yeah. So many people like in that work don't realize that, oh yeah, I come in to do like workouts or nutrition or, you know, but there's so much deeper work that you actually have to do in that. And it's like, that's why the inner work and like working through your personal empowerment and your self-worth is so important because it all comes back to that ultimately. And it's interesting that you found that. So what was the next step for you beyond that? So I started my health and fitness coaching business and then um, six months in, or six, seven, eight months in, it was like kind of like there wasn't a point again, but it was just like I started feeling like this sense of like I don't think I want to do this like because I was like I love building the business. I love like doing learning and applying the marketing and doing all of that, um, which was actually very cool because I had only ever marketed like a, a a local business if you know like so it's like very much like in the Facebook groups and all of that and then like to see that same sort of like principle but applied for online businesses I was like oh cool like this is that that was just really cool um but then I had that sense I was like I don't think I like doing health and fitness coaching but I love building businesses like Mm -hmm. and there was something to that and so I was like okay I started making a plan around April when it was like my birthday to transition out of like the the business that I've built and like slowly finishing up with clients and um kind of like finishing up the contract some of them finished early some of them like were like I'm happy to stay on and whatnot and I didn't officially close that branch of the business until probably about like October because I still just had like um clients who stayed with me because they were like I want to keep going and so Mm. I was like okay cool like we can do that um but it was definitely no it wasn't last year it was a year before that yeah I then from that period of like May to probably about June I was like I don't know what I'm going to do again I want to build a business but I don't want to be a health and fitness coach and and all of this and then around that same time, my brother actually came to me and was like, I'm considering, you know, doing FIFO, which like is where they go away to the mines for like a thing. And you can get like apprenticeships and whatnot through that, I think. And it's like a way for people listening that don't aren't in Australia. FIFO is like basically a way to make a lot of money yeah. <laughs> in a short amount yeah. of time. And so a lot of people go to it, but it can also be like a trap because it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah depending on the roster that you get and yeah anyway so your brother was considering FIFO yeah and he was like I want to do this because I don't want to like I can't stand being at home anymore I don't want to finish high school and and all of this he was like he was even considering dropping out going TAFE which is like a university equivalent yeah um and I remember at the time being like well you know if if your only reason is to like get away from your job or or get away from school. I don't think that's a good enough reason to like escape, you know, to Mm -hmm. like 
put yourself on a plane and leave town and all that. And even then I knew I was like, you probably shouldn't do that. Um, And so we had quite a few big chats. And then ultimately in July, September of that year, we decided to start a business together, like a cleaning business. And it was like him and his friend. And um, they proposed like this business plan. It was so cute. They like they wrote up this thing of like what their responsibilities were. And then they basically asked us to like mentor and consult in their business um, unofficially. Like it, obviously the title wasn't like you're going to be a consultant, but it was like, can you help me build this business and we'll cut you this profit and, and like this percentage profit. And then that got me started in a whole new, like. And why did they choose cleaning? For them, I think it was like um, YouTube videos. I Because at the time I would send them like different things of like just cool people I was listening to and whatnot. Um, And like one of them, Cody Sanchez, she had just done an interview with someone who owned like a pressure washing business and like a window cleaning business. And I remember sending that video to them. And then like the next day they were like, like, we know what business we want to run kind of thing. And I was like, oh, Um, and they're like, we want to do this. And I had sent them like a few other types of like, because she's got many different types of like jobs on her, like you know, on her um, YouTube channel. So when I sent that to them, I didn't know that that was the one that was going to stick, but it was. And then like, I was like, are you sure you want this? And like really questioned them on it. And they're like, yeah. And then everything kind of just got started from there. We, um, I kind of knew people in the space, like not in the cleaning space, but in the corporate space. And and then one thing led to another, we got a big contract and then like, that's where it kind of just so you guys were cleaning um, basically like office buildings. Is that right? I would say like it was, uh, I'm not allowed to legally say, um, but it's like they're, they're basically a big franchise, not in um, not in the like office type of way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that how did you get that contract? That must have been like a huge win considering you guys are like quite young. You're just starting out. Like that's huge. That's such a big break. Yeah, so it was through at the time um Caleb's personal training business. So he he worked at a gym where they would like supply leads and one of the like a few of the people that came through were like um just for example like we had dentists, we knew dentists who had like you know practices and whatnot that we could pitch to. We also knew like just people doing like at the time they would ma- they were making like $500,000 a year, which like you know, as a, as someone, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, that was my dream number as like yeah. a doctor. Like, um, I think it was like a neuros, um, neurosurgeon and it was like the top pays $500,000 a year. And actually like that takes me back to a moment when I think I was 16 and I was planning out like what my life would look like. And I was like, even like starting to budget for my $500,000 like salary <laughs> as a 16 year old. Um, and I was like, this is how much I'm going to put away for tax. This is how much I'm going to give to my parents. And, and it was just like, Ah, oh, if she knew, if she, if she only knew, if she only knew, right? So you're you get that incredible contract, and you start like mm-hmm. helping them build it. Then what comes? And then like I, people just started finding me and like asking me to like kind of be private 
a private consultant behind the scenes. So like I've got my hand in several types of businesses from like real estate to e-com to like cleaning and then all of this. And so it was just through people like finding me. Like I think how did they find you online or like through personal? Yeah. So like um online and like through different rooms of like I would know someone who would then like be like, hey Yana, like I I, like I want you to meet this like cool person. And and that's how that would start. Um and then from that period it was just like I feel like everything kind of just compounded and I don't know how, but like just blew up overnight. Um and yeah, like I really try to think, I'm like, what was, like, what did we do next? But it was like from that July to I'll say November, it really was just a blur of like, oh, okay, boom, 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 building up this business, more people coming in. Uh, and it was just like crazy. What do you think led to that huge boom? Because that's like not normal. Sometimes it takes people years mm. to get to that. Yeah. So I feel like a big thing was at the start of 2022, um, we decided to move back into my childhood home. Um, and like, obviously I know, you know, you would know that environment is such a big thing. And, and like, I felt a lot of the same feelings I felt when I was like growing up in that mm. house. And it's a lot of like, you know, like when, um, there are just certain places in your house where you're, you feel a bit like a bit more motivated to work and whatnot. And so I think being back in that environment really like helped me put my head down because one, it was really humbling to be like, oh, I'm back at like, you know, we had moved out of our own place to like living with my parents in my childhood bedroom. And so it was very humbling. And it made me like, I guess, like really hungry for, Mm success in the term in the sense that like I want to get out of here as soon as possible but it also made me like just like something drove me to like just work like be a workaholic um in the sense that I would wake up first thing I would do is like work and and at the time like that was normal for me and like I didn't even think about like oh am I balancing enough because also at the time like we went through two more mini lockdowns during that time so like it still wasn't a, like all out in the clear so I just took that as a chance to like just put my head down get to work and then I feel like like even though it didn't do anything, I feel like this was a big catalyst to like everything kind of taking off because up until probably about October, everything was bubbling under the surface. It was like I was working and I was starting to see a little bit of the returns, but it was like, it wasn't like anything like massive. Mm-hmm. And it felt like really something was just like bubbling under the surface. And then in October, we ended up making ourselves homeless because like uh, like uh, that environment I was just like I don't want to live here anymore there was a big like blowout with my dad and me and my brother because um my brother finally told my dad that he he was doing a business it was going to drop out of high school like in that month because it had gotten to a point where he like needed to drop out with his friend and, and turn into this whole big thing so we made ourselves homeless and then like when we got into our new house it just felt like those two weeks of moving in settling into our new house I remember getting in that day and I was like this is where we're gonna make our first like million like in this house I was just like I I can feel it like it was just Mm. like a like just a random just like I walked into my then like office and was like like I can just feel we're gonna do something huge here Mm. um 
And then in the two weeks, it was like, okay, we cross a hundred thousand dollars. It was actually like a hundred and eighty thousand dollars or something in a um, month that then, you guys yeah. made. And is that like no. when you say hundred eighty thousand dollars, what is that from? Like, is that from one business? Is that from collective businesses? Yeah, so collective across like. I guess it would be my share of like the different businesses that I had at the time, which really was just a fitness coaching business, um, the cleaning, real estate and e-com. And yeah. that's, it was that like revenue for your businesses or was that what you were paying? That was what I, that was what I was paid. So most of the times I'm. That's like wild, Yana. Like, do you realize <laughs> that? Like, I feel like you're just like playing that off. You made $180,000 in a month <laughs> after like a year and a half of. Yeah. Like being in that, like, I haven't done that. <laughs> I haven't made $180,000, like that's insane. Like, that's amazing. You should be so proud of yourself. Yeah, it feels so surreal because, like, I had a call with someone straight after um, because I was, like, scoping out deals for the real estate um, business and whatnot. And um, I remember talking to the person where they were like, oh, like, I saw on your stories that you were celebrating something, like, and was asking me to share it. And I remember sharing it and they were like, um, I feel like a little bit threatened in the sense that I was like, oh, how did you do this? And, and was very much like, oh, like tell me the breakdown of the numbers and whatnot. And I was saying um, how I wanted to do that, but like in the real estate, um, in my real estate business and like that's what my plans were. And I remember being offered a job off of the back of that call. Really? Because, well, yeah, because they were like, like I don't think you should go and um, – start up that business because or like continue doing that business model because like it, it takes a lot more work than you think um your first year you'll be lucky to be paid fifty thousand dollars if you do like if you go down that route yeah um uh, and then he was like but if you come and work for me like my top guys get paid five hundred thousand dollars and i'll like put you up to like that like that rank yeah. and remember when i was like i used to dream of making yeah like yeah five hundred thousand dollars and it was just wild that he said that number because like I started shaking I was like oh my gosh what like what like I didn't even consider working for someone else until like I got that offer but then yeah. I was like like it, it, I knew it would take me away from you know whatever I wanted to do so I declined but then when, like, and I when just, you say real estate business, is that like Airbnb Airbnb arbitrage like yeah, are you so, owning renting properties so at the time I was partnered up with someone where we were doing short-term rentals. So like Airbnb was a part of it, but there was also long, like short to medium to long-term strategy like involved. So um, obviously in Australia, it, it's very strict in terms of like what you can do and yeah. and like just a lot of council rules and whatnot. So like we, um, we had a, I guess, a diversified portfolio of like, longer term which is like six months to like medium term which is around three months and then like shorter term which is you know the one week to like four four weeks kind of thing um and we also had investments well I I, I guess I had investments in the space that I I counted. did you a, own those properties or were those like rental um no so that them? were rental yeah okay so it's like an arbitrage kind of yeah so we'll work directly with um like real estate agents and like the owners of like those big um multi like family complex type things yeah. like units and apartments so it's I, I know in, in America you can go straight to like 
I guess like the homeowner and whatnot, but in Australia it's done so differently. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is like just rental arbitrage, I guess, if you put it that okay. way. Yeah. So yeah. From, like, cause Luca and I were looking into that for a while, but in Vancouver, it's really, really, you like air there because, because the housing prices are so ridiculously high here. Yeah. They have really strict Airbnb mm-hmm. rules, which is, which is fair because yeah. people like our age, are trying to stay in the city when like it literally cost two million dollars to buy a base yeah so um Mm -hmm. but it's also such a genius business model for people that like are in the right space okay so this is so exciting okay so you you were offered this job five hundred thousand, and so then what and i turned it down on that call like i had a moment where i was like hmm would i do this and then i was like ultimately no so i said no at the end of that call and i like i didn't even tell caleb but like it was like we were catching up on the day, like after a long day um, of like not seeing each other. I don't know. I think he was out that day or something. I was just like, oh yeah, someone offered me a job. And like, and he was like, wait, what? Like, and like, it was just so casual for me. But then at the time it was just like, it's comical how, how I was just like, yeah, I was offered this job. And I said, no, and it was $500,000. Do you know what I mean? So it was like, yeah. It's like wow. you, it's one of the things I talk about with my clients around like getting to the next level and like manifestations and stuff. It's like you normalize the next level because like you were just at a reality where it's like, oh yeah, no, it's just normal for me to be offered a $500,000 job, right? Because it's like, if you were like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's like you weren't a vibrational match for it, but you were just like, clearly, because you're already making like good money, you're a vibrational match for it. So it wasn't like a big deal yeah. in your world, right? Yeah. Like it wasn't a big deal, but it also was, but it like, yeah. wasn't. So yeah. it was like, yeah. And and then like I went on like that partnership with the person in real estate didn't turn out like too well. They tried to sue me and everything. Um, but it was, yeah, that was like I feel like where everything just kicked off to a whole new level because I like all of a sudden I was successful overnight when it was like I moved into the house and then boom, it was like, you know, like this biggest cash month straight out the gate. And then, um, and I think that was just the start of me being like, cool, I can really just do whatever I want to do. It's like, uh, I think I'd gotten into personal development probably earlier that year, like just like learning more about, you know, like I started by reading Break the Habit of Being Yourself. And Mm. it's like that was the first book I've ever completely read through, like like every single page and have actually gone back to revisit Um, the only nonfiction book, I should say. And, like, I knew that it's like you know you're capable of whatever you want to do, but it was like in that moment, like, I knew. I believed Mm. it. Yeah. Mm. That's so cool. Um. So my question is, how do you have enough time in the day to manage all these things? Like at what level are you involved and at what level does it run by itself? So in the beginning, I was very much involved, especially in the cleaning business, because um, it was like a startup. You know, everything was kind of like um, starting from ground zero. But the other businesses, they had already sort of been running so Mm -hmm. what what I found um like was a pattern was like there would be a business that had been running for a while it kind of like 
died down a little bit and then these people find me and like for some reason made them believe in their business again and so we'd work on like so it wasn't hard to get back up from like the yeah. from like the little bit of a dip because it was purely just like oh, let's let's put some effort into this, this business um so at the beginning I would say I was working like 40 hour weeks 40 mm. to 50 hour weeks but like I loved it you know like yeah. I I, lo- I was like this is what I meant to do I'm building businesses I love this I still love it to this day um and then in January slash February of this year I had a really weird moment where I was like I'm now only working five hours a week because we've got team like that mm-hmm. that is taking care of like a lot of the admin stuff and like the cleaning business doesn't need me to be involved anymore. And I'm just like, I've got all of this like money coming in, but now I've just got all of this time back on my hands again. And then that's where I started looking into my own business, um, like building this consulting business that I have now and like trying to like basically where I am today started from that moment where I was like oh I think I want to do something for myself and even before then I was very much into like personal branding and very much like I I believed where personal brand would go like because I think I found Alex Hormozzi first like January of last year Mm. and like just became hooked on like him, Gary V, Cody Sanchez, like Ryan Pineda, all of these like big names with like personal brands. And I was like, I'm going to be that one day. I just mm. thought that it would be through my businesses. And then I was like, what if that just became the focus? And that's, yeah. And that's what you're building now. Yeah. If you were to give advice to someone that said, Yana, I want to do what you did. It blows my mind. <laughs> what would you tell them? Is the first thing for them to do honestly like figure out something like whatever it is as long as you can full body get behind like get behind it with your full body and what i mean by that is like if you think of an idea for example cleaning your mind doesn't have to logically be like, oh, but I don't want to clean and all that because you don't have to do the cleaning. You don't have to do any of that. It's just what can you get behind in the sense like, yeah, I could probably do cleaning because in the beginning what you're relying on is very, it's not going to be skill. Like it's like even with building a business, you can have like I've put together so many business plans that have just not gone the way that like I put them. So like what I learned was like you just have to, keep wanting to do that thing or believing that you can keep doing that thing and like it's just like a almost like a stubbornness or like I call it tenacity where it's like you feel it in your body where I'm I'm just gonna do this you know and and the second thing I would say is like working on your mindset like this is such a big one because like there's it's very boring starting a business like there's probably four things you need to focus on in the beginning and so what's going to ensure that you're you're actually successful and progressing and you're not getting complacent because oh now you're running your own business and doing whatnot like is really focusing and working on your mindset and like making sure that you know you can become the best version of yourself through this experience as well because for me like building a business and like especially building a personal brand it's not really about 
like the numbers or the following or the fame or whatnot. It's about like the person you are in that moment and the story you get to tell because it's like I I always look at it through the lens of how do I want to tell my story when it's being portrayed in a movie or like in a documentary and that's like that that's a frame that I try to always think um things through um and like giving yourself permit like having that solid mindset will also give you permission in your journey whatever you get started in to like actually pivot and change your mind if you wanted to whereas like if you I find that if you just get into business and you Mm. don't work on your mindset you Mm. can get very much stuck in the same patterns that you would have been before which is why you wanted to get out of there before right but you've just done it again but in your own business you said there's four things that you need to do when you're starting up a business what are those things so those four things, learn how to get customers. Yeah. Learn how to like become the best at what you promise you can do for them. So like, mm-hmm. and this, I want to make a point to this because many people will try and come into the industry and try to position themselves as experts straight out the gate. And I'm like, that's where you're going wrong because in your mind, subconsciously, you know, you're not an expert, but all of a sudden you're trying to position yourself as an expert. Do you know what I mean? So it's like being the best at what you say you can help other people do. Don't become an expert overnight. Um, so yeah, finding customers, um, serving those customers really well, building a brand. Like, so whatever you can do to be consistent across like how you're like presenting online and like the brand and how you're showcasing your values, how you're tying in storytelling. Um, and the fourth thing is giving back. So this can look like posting. This can look like going inside of free Facebook communities and like giving value. So whatever, because uh, I feel like um, this is the part that a lot of online businesses miss um, or like even just like newer business owners because they've seen how easy it is online is that you have to build goodwill and equity in your business um, and you and that's going to lead to people trusting you. But you can't do it by just saying, hey, I'm an expert and I've got this and and this qualification and that qualification. Like you actually need to make it a part of your daily routine to give back and actively build the goodwill. What is it that you love about building businesses? Or do I love? The challenge. I feel like I'm very much um, a problem solver and I love like more like just tackling um a challenge head on which is why I feel like that's a part of the work I need to do as well because I tracked a lot of problems or I have attracted (laughs) a lot of problems that have been like massive in the moment um but I really do think it's that thrill of like oh my gosh there's a challenge in front of me let's let's go kind of thing and it feels so good to build something as well right yes it's like there's something about like I have been really, my, my parents are older. So my dad's 74 and he, my dad is an entrepreneur as well. And he, like, he's always made this joke that he's like, you know, semi-retired, like he'll never probably really retire, but it's interesting because a lot of my friends' parents are like starting to retire. And we've had these conversations about what kind of happens when you retire, even though retirement is this like golden standard that everyone wants to work to, but Mm -hmm. like, you lose your sense of purpose. And, you know, I've had conversations with friends where their parents' health has literally deteriorated after retiring and they've like lost, been losing their sense of self. And it's like, that's what I love about business and entrepreneurship and also the personal development world because it's this sense of purpose and drive that gives you like, literally gives you life. 
And it's, mm-hmm. I think that when you have this mindset, it's like, you're not working to retire. You're working to live a life that lights you the heck up and to like yeah. do the things that you want in the process. But it's like, you know, I think about myself and probably you, it's like, I don't think about, oh, when I can retire, like, I don't want to retire. Yeah. I love what mm-hmm. I do, right? I want to yeah. build more freedom into what I'm doing and yeah. expand that, but I don't want to retire, you know? Yeah. And that's like the, I think most people, like when you're stuck in a job that you don't want to do, you're always thinking about retiring. And like when you're actually doing something that you want to do and something that you know is your life's mission and purpose, I can't even imagine thinking about retiring. Like that. that's like, I'm like, what would I do if I retired? I'll probably do what I'm still doing. So am I technically retired? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. and I actually had this conversation with a client where um, he works with like kind of like the building industry and like the a really like the older sort of like more traditional um, businesses. And he, he said he was talking to this guy who like retired because he made like multiple, multiple millions um, through his business. And the one thing that stuck out to him through that exchange was like he regrets retiring because once he retired – he he just lost himself and he, and he didn't know like what to do and um and we've talked about uh, like you know a lot of the times in business you have to get your motivations and like your your reason or your intention straight with yourself at least when it comes to building a business because sometimes yeah you need to build a business to make money and that's mm-hmm. okay but you just have to be honest with yourself about that intention because if your intention is to make money you're probably not going to be worried as much about well how can I do this um, how can I make money doing something I love? Because mm-hmm. to make money, you're probably going to have to do something to make the money so that you can buy back the time to do what you love. At, at least that's my opinion. It's like there needs to be some sort of like give, especially in like in the beginning when you're building, you have to be so clear. Am I building this out of passion or am I building this to pay bills? Because mm-hmm. you can't ignore those bills. Um, but we've talked about intentions behind building a business and how like one of the big ones used to be like retiring parents, our parents. And then after that conversation with that like builder who was retired, he actually said something that was really profound, which is like, don't, don't make money to like take away from your parents, like purpose Mm -hmm. or like what they've um what they've been doing their whole life but make money so that you can add to the experiences they're able to live in this life because taking away their job then they've now essentially been like well then who am i and it's like yes they could come to that conclusion or, or like they could go on that journey themselves but it's also not fair for you to then like um be so involved in the process where you're like I'm taking away your job. Um, But it's like, I think it's a really beautiful thing to think of it as I'm adding to this person or this, you know, this family's experience here on earth. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. What's your big, hairy, scary, audacious, audacious vision? Because you're 23. Are you 23? 22. You're 22. And you've done all (laughs) of this at 22. Like, where do you go from here? I really want to become like a billionaire and like in in my lifetime I've had so many like cool things planned. I want to establish like sort of like self-funded communities around the world and what I see is like having little pods where one person 
because out of, I feel like out of a handful of friends, like probably out of 10 friends, there's always that one person who loves making money and doesn't really care about like how they make money in yeah. the sense that like they're not like, oh, I have to love it. It's like because money for them is a way of serving, you know, it's like it's a way of like showing love and not to get into that topic like because there could be a whole lot to unpack there but so I do believe like about I do believe empowering people with the tools to be able to go and make that money and so my bigger mission is to be able to like empower those people and to give the tools into like I want to have like one day just like a not-for-profit organization where I could combine like some like my businesses, for example, real estate, where we could provide um, housing for like the homeless population, um, but then also employ them under the same thing. And so it would offset like all of that, like it's a bit convoluted, but pretty much the aim is to be able to give them the tools that make them employable as well as like giving them stability in the meantime, because it's actually really hard to work on like people like, well, if they're homeless, why don't they get a job? And I'm like, well, it's actually really hard to worry about anything else besides mm-hmm. where you're going to sleep if you don't even, like, if you're, like, on the road. Yeah. And, and I experienced that firsthand and it was, like, it was a big eye-opener for me because I used to be one of those people that was, like, well, if they don't have money, why don't they get a job? And mm-hmm. it was, like, when we were homeless, the furthest thing from my, even though I love doing business, the furthest thing from my mind was business. You know, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like you would try and do business, but then like at the forefront of your mind was, where am I going to sleep tonight? Oh my goodness. And it was just like this big thing. So I want to do that. I also want to have like, I guess if I were to speak really, really audaciously. Um, yes, queen, day, do it. I want to create a network where like the combined, um, I call it my trillionaire legacy, where it's like the combined um, net worth of everyone is like $1 trillion. And that just requires 1 million millionaires. And that's like my mission. It's like 1 million millionaires. Let's go. Damn. I love it. You're amazing. (laughs) You blow my mind. I'm like in awe of you, fangirling you. Um, what is there anything else that you want to share before we wrap up today no I think that was like everything I'm like it feels complete and it feels like that was a nice end one million million can't top that you can't top that where can people find you and reach out to you and tell them to tell you that they love you and work with you and all the things Oh my gosh. I would like words of affirmation are my thing. So if, so if okay. you tell me that you love me, I will be obsessed with you. Just <laughs> you know. um, but I am Yana Lynn official across all platforms. I like, I went, I think 10 months ago and like claimed that um, username across everything. So it's like, right. I'm mostly active on um, TikTok and Instagram, um, but you can find me anywhere with the Yana Lynn official. Amazing. Tag. Thank you so much, Yana. You're incredible. Go reach out to her. Go follow her. And I hope everyone has a beautiful day. Welcome to the other side, beautiful souls. I so deeply appreciate you spending this time with me. My intention with this podcast is to uplift, love on, and inspire you and align my actions with this intention. But as with everything in the world of personal and spiritual development, take what feels good for you and leave the rest. As a white, able-bodied, cisgender woman, the perspectives I share here are inherently affected by my privileges. I'm actively invested in learning how to elevate and support lived experiences beyond my own, and I'm always open to and grateful for your feedback. I am listening. No matter who you are, where you're from, or where you're going, I see you, 
I love you and you matter. So thank you for listening, beautiful souls, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>